1: That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com.
2: The life of Mary, Queen of Scots, and her relationship with her rival and cousin, Elizabeth, Queen of England, has long been a source of inspiration for creatives. Even as far back as 1800, Frederick Sillow had written a play about Mary Stuart. It was turned into an opera by Donald And from the 1930s, there have been films made about Mary. It's an irresistible romantic tale. In the 1960s, there was a trend for historical dramas, and the team that had made Anne of a Thousand Days now made a new film about Mary, Queen of Scots, that came out in 1971 with Vanessa Redgrave in the title role and Glenda Jackson as Elizabeth I. More recently, in 2018, director Josie Rourke made a film with Saoirse Ronan as Mary and Margot Robbie as Elizabeth. Both of these films show the lives of the two queens, They are compared and contrasted, and both films have the Queen's meeting, though they never met in reality. But what do they tell us about history, and what do they tell us about our ideas, about what we think should have happened? Before we get started, here's a very brief reminder of who we're talking about. Mary Stuart, the Catholic Queen of Scotland. Born in 1542, she was the wife of the heir to the French throne, the Dauphin, and Queen of France during his brief reign, only returning to Scotland after his death. After two disastrous Scottish marriages to Henry Stuart, Lord Darnley, and James Hepburn, Earl of Bothwell, Mary was driven out of Scotland by rival factions and religious turmoil in 1568. She came to England for protection, where she was kept under house arrest by her unmarried Protestant cousin, Queen Elizabeth I. The two were never reconciled, Mary had a rival claim to the English throne and she was eventually beheaded on February the 8th, 1587. For this special, informal, not just the Tudors lates on Mary, Queen of Scots, in life and on screen, my guests are Dr. Joanne Paul, the author of The House of Dudley, A New History of Tudor England, Jesse Childs, who wrote God's Traitors, Terror and Faith in Elizabethan England, and also joining us are two historians who have thought about how to put history on screen. Screenwriter Alex von Tunzelmann and cultural historian Professor Sarah Churchwell. So I suppose perhaps the place to start is thinking about how Mary has been depicted and the kind of major differences, if there are any, or if actually there's a kind of blueprint of how you'd put Mary, Queen of Scots, on film.
1: Jo? I mean, I think, generally speaking, there is always a tendency to present her in opposition to Elizabeth I. i I'm not sure we've ever really had a film where Elizabeth isn't used as some sort of foil or reverse image of her, and the attempt usually is to show, obviously, two ways of being a female monarch. Yeah but also two ways of being a woman, this head versus the heart sort of
0: presentation. Sarah. There was so much historical emphasis on her beauty that Mm. I think filmmakers feel licensed in a way they don't always. Certainly we can talk also about the different Elizabeths and their different levels of beauty in terms of, you know, the actresses who are cast and how they present and, you know, makeup and all of that. But the mythologizing historical tendency to absolutely emphasize Mary Queen of Scots beauty is also, I think, a natural pull. And again, helps build up that contrast with Elizabeth as antagonist. as She becomes more grotesque and Mary stays in her full flower of Scottish beauty forever. (laughs) I
1: think there is always this idea of you can't understand or you can't present Mary, Queen of Scots, unless you're also looking
3: at Elizabeth I. Jessie, what do you think? They have to be the baddies. She is this icon. She's an icon of the Scots nationalists, but also for Catholics, she's a martyr, and also she's just this doomed heroine. It's easy to see Mary
2: and Elizabeth as two sides of the female ruler's experience in the 16th century... Mary married three times, and, as the films show, had a surviving son. But she was drawn into both religious and factional disputes which led to her overthrow. Elizabeth meanwhile kept her throne, but never married. The films emphasize the differences: Elizabeth had no offspring and was the last of the Tudors, while it was Mary's son James, who succeeded Elizabeth on the throne of England, as well as ruling Scotland too. The irony and the contrasts are irresistible to filmmakers. Should we have a think about the timelines of these films as well, as what they cover, because they make interesting choices about what they want to dramatise, what slice of life they want to take, and I wonder what you think about those, why they've done that as well.
4: I think it's a real challenge to filmmakers to make a story that effectively covers about
2: 30 years.
4: Mm. I look at the Tudor experts. Yes, you always, <laughs> always, always want to, to, yeah, always
2: yeah. want to you finish with her execution in 1587 course, seven. and quite a lot of them start with her arriving in Scotland mm. 1561. To
4: compress that into the runtime of most of these films for about two hours is definitely a challenge. Uh,
2: interestingly, the 1971 film starts even earlier. It starts in France. It starts in 1560 when she loses her mother and her first husband, François. That, it seems to me, quite traumatic, quite dramatic, and is completely locked out of... The 2018 film, perhaps you just got too much going on. You know, you don't want to introduce too many themes.
3: Yes, another character as well. <laughs> Three husbands is a lot to fit into mm. a film. <laughs> <laughs> and Francois was a bit of a drip, wasn't it? I mean, he was it literally was a bit of a drip. His mother Catherine de Medici wrote to his governor saying that he needs to blow his nose more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he was very frail. He was yeah. a bit, his stutter I think it was a hostile source, but said he had undescended testicles. So I think all it that sounds like a hostile source. <laughs> 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 Can we talk
2: about the look of the thing? There's some very important decisions made with both these films about sort of colour palette, the looks of the women, the costuming, the light. What strikes you about these?
1: There's always an attempt to make Scotland look very bare, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. rugged. And the interiors are always very much of stone, whereas in England it's usually wood. There's a warmth to it whereas there's sort of this barrenness, barbarianness about the way that Scotland is presented. It's
4: also worth talking about, as you said, the costuming is really interesting in both of them. It's funny how what people think historically accurate costumes are and what they are, in that I think the 1971 version feels very sort of authentic because it feels like that era of, you know, a very sort of high-level masterpiece theatre mm-hmm. kind of BBC historical drama. But you watch it now and you might like, actually... This is very, very inflected by mm-hmm. 1971. Mm. Yeah. It's very striking, particularly the wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, she's in a white dress, which yeah. obviously is quite wrong. That's white wedding dresses are Queen Victoria onwards. That's what set those. But, of course, you always use white dresses because you're signalling to the audience now this mm-hmm. is a wedding. Mm-hmm. And he's in this amazing kind of white outfit, mm. you know, <laughs> looking quite extraordinary. <laughs> Timothy Dalton, thank God. Well, he Darnley. looks
2: extraordinary full stop. <laughs> yeah, mean, with this uh, sort of, yeah,
4: <laughs> coral wig. I mean, it's very over the top. You know, it's interesting watching that in tandem with, of course, the 2018, one which is super 2018. I mean, kind of Queen Amidala comes out yeah. rather than Mary, you know, this very <laughs> kind of high concept costume. Mm. You, know, you can say, oh my goodness, this looks completely of its time and not historical, but actually, you could say the same, I think, about the I think
0: so. But I also think that the 2018 version is interesting because it's actually telling a story through hair in a way that I'm not sure I've ever seen a movie do in quite the same way. (laughs) And so, you know, we're used to the story of Elizabeth's transformation through makeup. But in this one with Circe Ronan and Margaret Roby, we have this extraordinary kind of contest about wigs and hair on these really elaborate hair pieces.
2: The pure drama of Mary's story sets filmmakers an enormous challenge... Between the Reformation and political and dynastic schisms, Mary ruled a country that was in turmoil. Her second husband, Henry Darnley, was blown up and murdered, and husband number three, James Bothwell, almost certainly raped her before she married him. All this before she crossed the border to England and threw herself on Elizabeth's mercy. It's a vast amount to cram into a movie.
3: It's hard. I can imagine in development meetings, everyone going, this is a great story, there's tragic heroin, there's murder, there's explosions, there's potential, possible alleged rape. There's all of it, There's an escape. And yet I can imagine them then sort of trying to write it and thinking, oh, hell, we've got to put that in and that battle, but that wasn't quite a battle and difficult. Alex? I think that's a real problem in it. I mean, I have to
4: say, like, you know, we've mentioned the two big films that we're talking about, the 1971 film, the 2018 film, and we could also... Sarah and I are also big fans of the 1936 John Ford film with Catherine Hepburn. I do not think there has been a great film Mm. about Mary, Queen of Scots, despite the fact it is an incredible story, absolutely extraordinary. And I think it is, there's just too much... What is her story, though? Because she can't just want the crown, she gets the crown very early on, so that's sort of just solved at the beginning. She wants to rule, but then there's all this stuff about blokes and husbands and blowing up and all this, and this is actually a sort of sideline. Then you should really just focus on her and Elizabeth and not have all
3: that other stuff, because it's extraneous. In terms of characterization, though, and I think Saoirse Ronan really comes closest, what they're missing is... Mary's joie de vivre. I mean, yeah. everyone mentions it. There's yeah. utter charm and warmth and laughter and sort of childishness. But I find Vanessa Gregory very sort of simpering and oh, yeah. wet. Yeah.
5: Harry. What's become of your pain? Why are you here?
6: Forgive me, Harry. Our child is still alive. It is not yet time. I have never betrayed you, but I have wronged you and I beg your forgiveness.
0: Well, that's what Catherine happened brings to the role Catherine Hepburn has charm in spades right and she uses it you know and I think that that is part of what makes it such an appealing version even though the history of it as I said will drive you crazy is her film and it is a star vehicle for Catherine Hepburn and it is absolutely about her charm and how everybody is drawn to her it's clear that she's the star and there are these men around her who are having to get put in their various places in that kind of classic Hollywood way and we're figuring out who is the strong man here who's going to be her equal Mm -hmm. and she dispenses with the brother and she dispenses with Darnley and each of them falls by the wayside until it's Frederick March left standing in a kilt, you know, (laughs) face to face with her as her
1: equal, right? A huge part of the problem is trying to force Mary's story into the template of a romance because it just doesn't work. And the really problematic part is trying to make Bothwell the romance. I think it's problematic for story and it's problematic in a host of other ways to do with feminism
0: (laughs) and historiography of course so there are lots of historical novels that present Bothwell as the great lover of mary queen of Scots, and so i had this kind of been a vague idea and then watching the 2018 i was like he's definitely a rapist one difference in the 2018 film Mm -hmm. is
4: that he is shown to kind of rape her effectively on the wedding night whereas i think historically that's kind of pre-marriage right the
1: idea is that he abducts her probably rapes her
3: and then after that she feels forced to marry him. Then he quickly divorces his wife. And and he asked her to marry him before and she said no. And then he abducts, yes, with about 800 men, doesn't he? We lose, as well, that she is pregnant with his twins and has a
0: miscarriage of the twins and and that that, that is never represented. And in John Ford the abduction is that he's saving her from everybody else so that he's abducting her for her own good. So, I mean, the degree to which it is actually apologising for all of this violence against women is really quite extraordinary when you look at how it presents them. although you'll be happy to hear he does go mad at the end
2: <laughs> we touched earlier on the fact that these films are mostly just as much about elizabeth as mary i would like us to have a look at a clip this is from the 2018 film and it gives us a bit of an insight i think into how that rivalry or relationship is framed god would have a woman be
7: a wife and a mother
5: so you defy his will
7: no i choose to be a man and marriage is dangerous. Such a man as I might marry, finding himself disappointed. he would conspire. No prince's revenues be so great that they satisfy the insatiable ambition of men. This I understand. Which is why you are the closest thing I shall ever have to a wife. There seems to
2: be a common trope in the films which is to compare a masculine Elizabeth with a feminine Mary and there's very much this kind of question about gender conformity going on and if you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, you know, Elizabeth doesn't marry and is criticised for that, Mary marries and she gets it wrong but people seem to come back to this again and again. What
3: do you make of it and what should we do with it in terms of the history? Um, I think I agree with all that but actually I do think that they've feminised Elizabeth Margot Robbie a bit. Mm. The whole thing when she gets small pots in 1562, and I think they're right to make a big deal of that. I mean, that was huge. She nearly died and she was disfigured for life after that.
4: It's actually, it's really interesting to look at the gender of it. And I think, you know, in that scene with Margot Robbie where she talks about being a man, it's something quite interesting that they're sort of getting mm. towards. But then you sort of end up with this sense and the way that then cuts to sort of Mary getting married... You do rather feel that elizabeth is being punished mm. that it's like oh now you're going to die childless mary wins because she had a kid and it's like yeah. there's something very mm. anti-feminist actually <laughs> exactly. that sort of comes out of this theming and it becomes a bit uncomfortable tell me what to do
5: we must make civil war in scotland
7: you would have me to pose the system on it
5: it is either civil war there or civil war here i want to know
7: nothing of it
5: The arrangement shall be mine, alone.
1: What I like about that scene is it's very true to Elizabeth yeah, go ahead, but I don't want to know anything about it. You know, you take care of it, Cecil, and this sort of blocking out of what she is actually doing. One of the things that's missing, I think, from many of the presentations of Mary Queen of Scots is consistency on the fact that she was also very, very good at that. Mm -hmm. She's sometimes presented as a bit of sort of an innocent, Mm -hmm. but then they let her do the plotting sometimes, but then also she doesn't really know what's going on because she's presented in that very sort of feminine, doesn't understand kind of way. I'd love to see one that's focused on these sort of political machinations and this game that's going on between the two of them and the way that they are using men to play that game.
2: Let's think about the sexual politics. Let's have a look at a clip from the 1971 film. This is with Darnley.
5: You seem very rich, Davy. I'm valued. No, you are hated.
7: But not by you, sweet Harry. The commoner. The detested little foreigner. Ah, you're jealous of my influence.
2: Remember, this is made pretty soon after homosexuality has just become legal.
5: You must speak for me, Davy. I will be king here. I have the right to be a king. All the Catholic nobles of England will support Mary's cause if I am king. You are vicious,
7: Harry. You have a taste for all the vices. I thought you loved me. I love the Queen better. And I think it a cruel act to help put you between her sheets.
5: You want to keep me between yours.
7: Oh, Edinburgh is full of pretty boys. And like you, I have a taste for a woman as well. I shall not like comfort. We are outcasts in this court. No man is your friend save me, and no man is mine save you. Like it or not, sweet Harry, we must hold to each other. The Queen! I do think
4: Dalton Stanley is very good. He's I think so he's, good. You know,
0: so, so good. With well, a hair aside. Yeah. I think. Uh, the American actor. Oh, passion. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that he's, he's perfect. perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: So it is very bold in terms of the sexual politics for the time in which it's made. I think it's surprising to see it in 1971. Maybe I don't know enough about
4: 1971, but... It's quite an interesting historical question because there is dispute on it, as I well, understand because it. Because
2: 16th century, lots of people shared beds. Right. right. Yeah, right. Bed, you know. be bed Right. Bed right. So, where
4: do we sit historically? Yeah.
2: We are following the evidence insofar as we've got Darnley as our great cock chick. So we know that about him and we know that they shared a bed and it's just adding two and two together, yeah. whether we're actually making four or not. I don't think it's so wildly
3: speculative. that it, it could be untrue. No, anything. I mean, there's so much rumour yes. for a filmmaker, as long as you've got it's one rumour or one yeah. sort of hostile. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the need. fine.
2: <laughs> yeah. When the 2018 film came out. We were told that this is a feminist film. And I think we've already decided in ways it's not. And review articles said things. Look, you've got menstruation on the screen. How refreshing. Um, I mean, you, you sort know, of haven't.
3: You've got an illusion uh,
4: to it. Uh, it's yeah. basically like an ad for a sanitary towel.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Oral <laughs> sex as well. Which is yeah. of, yeah, yeah. My, my kids walked in on that one. Yeah.
4: <laughs> but if they're presenting him in this film, I mean, because, as you say, probably bisexual, presenting him as someone who is not into sex and won't sure. have like, that. Won't,
0: it's, won't have that it's a workaround. Them. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, it's,
4: say, it's not like, If you're disgusted by <laughs> yeah. you know sex with a woman you can go down on her. Well, 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 exactly. wow, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's fine. I, yeah. I, I
0: mean, I think the way I read the scene was that what it was trying to do was to suggest that, that he's sophisticated enough to recognize that she doesn't know anything about sexual pleasure and that he's trying to seduce her and charm mm. her into marriage with him and that as soon as the wedding's over he doesn't care, he's got what he wants. Yep. And so that centering her pleasure in that mm. sense is a way of again enacting that seduction in a way that is you know very unambiguous for 21st century viewers and more. Listen to Betwixt the Sheets, the history of sex scandal in society, wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you
7: by History Hit.
1: Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.
5: Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi-connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos.
2: What I want us to get to is their meeting, because this is something that filmmakers cannot resist. It hasn't been resisted since Schiller in 1800, making the two queens meet.
7: I am here to meet you as you so urgently demanded. My business can only be discussed between us face to face.
6: I know you to be the enemy of all rebels against their rightful
7: prince. Indeed, madam, you are right.
6: The crime of my lords against their anointed queen is so great it buries all past differences between us. I'm confident of your help, I ask it
7: as a right. I see that you have courage. And I see you are the great queen of whom all we'll speak. <laughs> and you are young.
6: Not too young to ride at the head of an army.
2: Mary wants English troops to help regain her Scottish crown, but the script reveals their rivalry through Elizabeth's subtle refusal.
7: How else may I aid you? Be open with me, dear cousin, for be assured there is no waking hour in my day when you are far from my thoughts. Your fate is linked with mine. We are princes both. We are joined by blood. What else have you to tell me or to ask of me? Nothing. Nothing? Why, what else could there be? Some helpful word concerning the murder of Lord Darnley. Yes, of course. Rest assured, Elizabeth, that I am innocent in the matter. That gives me great joy. For when you are honorably acquitted of the crime of which you are accused, then you shall have your army and your money. Put it out of your mind that I came
6: to England merely to save my life. I came to recover my honor. If you dare to doubt my word that I am innocent then I will go at once to France. You shall not. Madam in the past you have sheltered those very traitors who now rule in Scotland. They entered freely into England just as freely they returned. Do you offer me less than my treacherous subjects? Am I your prisoner? If so by what law? If you forbid me to go to France what will you do with me?
7: I shall take you deeper into England for your protection. And I am your prisoner. If you are innocent, what have you to fear?
6: You have deceived me. You are in league with my brother. I will answer no accusations. Who is there who may try me? Who is my equal? Will you do it in public before the eyes of the world? No.
2: I mean, that's, you just can't oh, like her. Not, no. she's. Yeah. I'm afraid she's, she's conforming to that word hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. No, she comes across as very Truth. silly. Yeah. The filmmakers couldn't resist giving Mary a combative retort that her son would inherit Elizabeth's throne.
7: It is not enough, madam, to speak one's mind in season and out as you do. That is not the conduct of a queen. It is the outpouring of a pampered woman demanding that all indulge her. It does not surprise me that you are here, helpless, and that your brother rules. You are not fit for the high office to which you were born.
6: And you, madam, who hate me and wish me dead and fear to kill me, you are my mortal enemy. Above all, it is clear that Elizabeth fears Mary... And whatever my fate, my son will rule here in time. Of course, in real
3: fact, they didn't meet. Oh. I know they wrote each other letters and that's quite boring to put on the oh. screen. Mm. They nearly met in 1562 and Elizabeth called it off and it was because of the massacre of Vasily perpetuated the by the course. geezers, by Mary's mm. uncles, and that was her excuse anyway. So she wrote and said, I'm not meeting you because of this.
2: The 2018 film uses very deliberate design techniques to suggest an unreal quality to the fictionalised meeting between Mary and Elizabeth. To war with Scotland
3: and betray my own clergy on a Catholic's behalf? No, I cannot. You know I cannot. Did you come so far at such great risk only to refuse me? Use me an army. Say it to my face. Do not force me to beg to your back. I will kneel before you if I must. It would make no difference.
2: You are safe here in England.
6: That is all I can offer.
3: They have been abandoned by so many. I am utterly alone. If you still seek
6: my protection, you would do well to watch your words. I will not be scolded by my inferior.
3: Your inferior. I am a Stuart, which gives me greater claim to England than you possess. So, they
2: never met in reality. They do in both these films... And actually one clever line is given to Elizabeth in there where she says that no one can know that we meet. If you mm. speak of it to anyone, I will deny it. Which I like creating the possibility that yeah. it might have happened. Right. but there's Possible deniability. No <laughs> um, well,
4: this is very Mel Gibson. He has at the beginning of Braveheart. Historians from England will say I'm a liar. So, you know, he's covering himself. <laughs> yeah. But actually I find that quite offensive because it's like then he is suggesting it's true, not fiction. <laughs> yeah.
1: Does it work to break with historical reality like this? What does it achieve? I have no problem with the idea of putting them together to cut through all that boring letter writing. Then the letters were very emotional and prov- a lot of emotion. There's a story where Robert Dudley comes into Elizabeth's room and she's absolutely distraught over a letter that Mary has sent her from her imprisonment. So putting that in a film where they come together is not the problem. Some of the lines (laughs) (laughs) and some of the portrayals
3: I think are more of a problem, but the, the fact of it doesn't bother me as a historian.
2: Jesse, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I think the scenes are underwhelming, especially in 1971. Redgrave cannot hold her own against (laughs) Jackson, can I think the Saoirse Ronan one is better, but again, it goes back to what we were saying. What is the film saying? Who's winning? Is that what's happening? Why is Elizabeth this sort of anti-feminist? It just doesn't quite gel. It's not the denouement you're hoping for. and Mm. If you're gonna sort of corrupt the record
0: to that degree, there has to be a reason for it. That's what I was gonna say, is it doesn't have enough dramatic impact. The problem is none of us objects to putting them together, is that then you should have fireworks. Mm. That's what you've been building up to. So now show us these two ways of being women in this world coming into direct conflict with each other. What's the confrontation? You don't know where to look because it's so distracting because they've decided to put them in this bizarre space where there are linens and veils and things hanging between them. But it's deeply distracting instead of actually focusing on the dramatic impact. That is part of the
4: filmmakers' kind of nervousness about yeah. approaching history, mm-hmm. is that they know they didn't meet. So there's like, OK, so we're going to kind of allude to that by having all these veils that we're just, you know, visually presenting to you that this is complicated, that there are levels of abstraction and removal here. but. And I'm like, well, don't be coy about it. But, Look, I mean, come on. If you're making this film, then grasp the damn nettle yeah. and have the two of them <laughs> have a really banging scene. You know, why are we trying to pretend that we're kind of still on the right side of history? Because you're not. So yeah, just yeah. accept that. Yeah,
2: exactly. We <laughs> do you at least have a Scottish-sounding queen, <laughs> <laughs> in women, which is an improvement. I I think it's great and I think
3: (laughs) people always say oh she should be speaking French she should be speaking Scottish truth is she spoke impeccable French with a French accent and impeccable broad Scots with a Scottish accent her problem was when she was sort of speaking what accent would she be using then probably more French but it's fine Mm -hmm. anything goes really the last set of clips I'd like to look at and I want to talk about the ending of both films are the clips of the
2: executions Mm.
7: forgive me madam
6: I forgive you with all my heart I thank you even. I hope this death shall put an end to all my troubles. For in my end is my beginning.
4: Your hands, I commend my spirit. That's
2: horrid. We'll move on on to the the next one.
5: This day, February the 8th, the year of our Lord, 1587.
6: She thinks herself a martyr.
3: I think it does have this wonderful ending, both of them, you know, this wonderful sort of payback at the end when Mary's son, James, Mm. inherits the crown and Elizabeth dies childless and her dynasty ends. So there's that, and I Mm. think, you know, in terms of a quest, it's that she wants the English crown, if not for herself, Mm. then for her dynasty. James, my only son... I pray that with your life you will succeed where I could not and for which I am about to give my life. In my end is my beginning, I shall be watching you from heaven and we shall have peace. I love that. Can I just say, I love... The way that ends, it picks up the very beginning where she's seasick, and you think yeah. that very first scene when she's down like that yeah. is mm. going to be her execution. Yeah. I thought that was very clever. Mm. Well, that's something she says in her trial as well: is that she doesn't want to shipwreck
1: her soul by her relationship to Elizabeth, and she wouldn't plot against her. Can we talk about the ageing, mm. um, mm. or, or, exactly. or lack thereof?
2: So, well, Elizabeth no. ages. Mm. So Elizabeth ages. She's mm. allowed to age, mm. uh, <laughs> and Mary Queen of Scots is still. The the same age as she was when she was in prison 20 years earlier. It's
0: obviously a deliberate decision. And there's an, a, a suggestion in the voiceover as Elizabeth is thinking through what what's thinking. happening mm. that something like, you know, she would stay young forever, but it's supposed to represent the kind of mythologizing of Mary. And i the aged woman the a young resplendent queen. Exactly, in her memory. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so that this is Elizabeth's reconstruction of it and that it's hinting toward the mythologization of Mary as eternally youthful. But it doesn't make enough of that, and it's just a kind of throwaway you have to be paying quite close attention to, and then you still have to think mm. that that one phrase can do all of this work visually, that it can make sense of something that visually makes no sense. Yeah. But or it, but it also unlocks, it's just not enough. It unlocks the whole story. It says that the entire story has been seen from Elizabeth's point of view. Yeah. 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 So then we're suddenly, wait, so now we're playing with memory and perspective in the final scene, and that's another way of talking about the way in which this film, I think, is just trying to do too, too much, much all mm, yeah. of the time. Mm. I think the
4: costuming is very interesting in both of these versions that you have. You know, we know that she was, I think, excused in a red yeah. she was. The colour of Marston. Yes. This is obviously very deliberate. But we've got some very sexed up versions because it's such a great cinematic reveal, right? So, you know, you have Vanessa Redgrave in this very sort of 1970s, that sort of Laura Ashley cut, the big hoofy <laughs> sleeves, the, everything is going on, you know, tight bodice, sexy as hell. She's got it, she takes a coat off. Saoirse Ronan mm. yeah. gets the full RuPaul's Drag Race reveal yeah. I mean you know was Velcro invented? It was actually you yeah. know, So there we go so there's a full like and there it is <laughs> but, mean, it's
0: it's but it's fabulous yeah. no,
4: exactly. though Because it is such a dramatic choice going to go be executed in red it's yeah. like I mean as pretty amazing, right? That The symbolism is so deliberate in real life that I kind of think you can
3: forgive filmmakers for just camping that up to the max. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and the clean cut as well, to be a nerd, it took mm. three strokes. It kind of took two strokes and then they had to sort of saw Soar off oh, the yeah, yeah. in the third one. So I, I mean, can you can't make not really... That. It's yeah. not <laughs> the you want.
2: Well, seeing as we've killed her off, I suppose <laughs> we've got to the end of our discussion. But thank you very much once again for a brilliantly insightful interesting discussion about these films and about... I don't know, womanhood, femininity, filmmaking, storytelling, the historical record all sorts of other things all the way. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you. you.
6: Thank you. And thanks
2: to my producer, Rob Weinberg, and my researcher, Esther Arnott. And thanks to you for listening to Not Just the Tudors from History Hit. We're always eager to hear your suggestions for podcast subjects. So drop me a line at notjustthetudors at historyhit.com or on Twitter at notjusttudors. Also, if you're in need of an extra hit between podcasts, do sign up to our newsletter, Tudor Tuesday. Details of how to do that are in the notes below this podcast. And please rate, rank, bestow multiple stars and comment on this podcast wherever you listen, including on Spotify. It really helps more people find not just the Tudors.